Welcome to the Pacific Point Church Podcast, where we're learning to love and live like Jesus. During this half hour, we're praying that God will direct, encourage, and speak to you. If you would like to partner with Pacific Point Church and our church plants, you can download the Pacific Point Church app at the App Store or visit us at pacificpointchurch.com give. At that same site, you can also watch and listen to previous sermons, read follow-up blog posts and extended notes, and even connect with Pacific Point Church on social media. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Hey, welcome to Pacific Point Church. If you're a guest here today, we want to say uh, we love that you're here. We're just uh, a group of people doing life together, trying to live and love like Jesus. We're trying to be a little bit more like Jesus, and, and we believe that God has called us. Our values are uh, up, in, and out, up our relationship with God, out our relationship with others, and then we want to be able to share our grace stories, the hope of who Christ is. That's who we are as a church. Uh, appreciate you guys coming out this morning. We are in a series called Uncomfortable. We're in a series about uncomfortable because I believe in many ways the church, including me, get too comfortable in who we are as believers. And this uncomfortable life as a Christian should be a life that is transformed, that isn't the norm, that is, relies on God 100%, that, that serves rather than being served, that does the hard things, that walks with other people. The, the uncomfortable Christian life is walking in the peace that God gives us when we step out of our comfort zone and into what God has. That's what we're talking about. We, we spent the last year talking about really foundational biblical stuff, and then this, this first four months of this year, we're going through this uncomfortable series, and then you got to buckle up because then we're going to talk about writing your stories because you are not going to stay here and not share your gospel story. I am going to push you to the place of being uncomfortable. That's why we're saying, don't shake your head. See, here's, here's my last famous words, God will never do that. Don't ever say God will never do that because you know what he does? He sews you right in it. So anyways, we are in this series about, <laughs> about being uncomfortable, and we've talked about things like fasting. We've talked about anger. We've talked about lust. Last week, we talked about doubt, and can you have doubt as a Christian? This week, we're talking about this statement, and I'll get to it. Who knew? Who knew? Who knew? We'll get there. Let me read this scripture from 1 Corinthians 12. It says this, For just as the body is one and has many members... And all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jew or Greek, slave or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many many members. There's all kinds of pieces to our body, okay? If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would, make it not, would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole part, body was an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell? But as it is, as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chooses. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this time this morning, for these men and women this beautiful President's Day weekend, Father. Um, God, I pray that you'd speak to us. Lord, move any of my thoughts aside, and Holy Spirit, that you would speak. Give us ears to hear and eyes to see, God, that as we walk in this, this sometime uncomfortable place, your peace 
resides right in the middle of it, Father. And God, I pray that, uh, that you would bless us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This is a, a great piece of scripture that you've all read or heard or kind of wrestled with. So who knew what? Who knew what? And this is it. Who knew? God chooses your church. Did you know that? Did you know that God chooses the church you're to go to? Now let's, let's think about it. People go, oh, God doesn't tell me where to go to church. God doesn't choose my church. Now think about this in a logical progression. God, who is the creator of everything, who brings the universe into order, who brings your body into order, who orders our steps, as it says, the God of the universe that has just pulled all this together is orderly in every aspect of life except for where you go to church. Does anything about that sound logical? He just got an asterisk by church. He says, I'm going to order everything in life, but where you go to church is up to you. You know, if the pastor offends you, if the worship's too loud, if you don't like it, just move on to the next one. You didn't see that asterisk in the Bible? Neither have I. So this is where we're going to get real uncomfortable today in talking about this subject. Look, it says this at the end of that 1 Corinthians uh, passage. But as it is, God arranges the members in the body. Who are the members of the body? God arranges each one of them as you choose. No, as he chooses. Look, I like this NLT. It says, but our bodies have many parts, and God puts each part just where he wants. God places each part of the body as he sees fit according to the need that him and his, all of his, his, his omniscient mind that God has, all-knowing mind, he sees everything and he sees the church down the street. That's going, he sees the crossing, he sees uh, Lighthouse, he sees uh, Watermark, he sees, he sees every church that's happening right now, knows the needs that they have in those churches, know who he's called to that church for purpose and for reason. It's not randomness. I don't get to flip a coin and go, I'm going to this church. Or I'm going to that church. God places. You know why he places? Because you're needed. Because you're needed. See, if God is God, I often say, if God is God, he's omniscient, all-knowing, correct? Therefore, who knows better about where people should be so that they might get the gospel forward. God. See, but the, the problem with the, the, our mindset is we're like, I, I get to choose where I go to church. It's not true. Why is this so important? It's so important because, as we said, when you live in this uncomfortable place of stepping out into a church that God calls you to, or, or whatever it might be, it's living in God's peace when we walk in the fullness of where God calls us. Why it's so important, and why I believe some people don't live in the peace that God has called them to, is because they're not walking in the fullness of where God's called them to walk with a body of people that God has called them to walk with. Why is it important? I want to walk in peace, the peace that God has for me. Look, it, it, it says it right here, 1 Corinthians 12. If the foot should, foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, that would make it no less part of the body. There is no peace when the body isn't functioning correctly. 
There's no, we know it in the natural, and we, it's the same principle in the spiritual. In the natural, when my body does not function right, there's no peace in my soul. For years after playing hockey, um, when I retired, I had, at hips were shot. I could not tie my shoes. I couldn't reach down to grab a golf ball. I couldn't, I couldn't do any of those things. And it was the most uncomfortable thing. And I would go to bed at night and I'd wake up 30 times because, you know, when you sleep, every time you move, that sharp pain shoots through your body. And it was, it was so, un- there was no peace in my sleep because my body was not functioning correctly. There's no peace in my, in, in my day because I got no sleep because my body is not functioning correctly. And it's the same thing in the body of Christ. And some of us are wondering, why, why, why don't I have a peace in what God's doing? Some of you may be in the wrong church, including this one here. At, the, at, the, at, <laughs> at my own demise, some of you may be called to another church and you may be running. And what I would say to you is run back. Because the reality is this. I'm going to say you're no good to us here. Yeah, I mean, I, I love your seats in the... <laughs> I love your butts in the seats, and I, I love when you come up and give, but gosh, God has so much more for you, and there's a gift that you have that belongs somewhere else that I'm taking from, that we're taking from, that I don't want any part of, because I want that church to be what God has called it to be, in the same way the people who are called to be here that have run because of Chris and how offensive she is. I want people to... I want them to be a part. <laughs> There's no peace when the body, <laughs> when the body is functioning as people leave. Claire, are you gonna come back or are you leaving permanently? All right. <laughs> See, here's the deal. We know when we know who, who created us and who we were created by Psalm one or thirty-nine. That said, you know that famous passage that God knew us before the foundations of the earth, created us in our mother's womb, each step laid before us for one of them came to be. That's that one. When we know who created us and we know what we are created for, that passage we just read, then and only then do we walk in the fullness of God's peace. Some of us are walking in anxiety, and, and, and uh, let me clarify, there is medical anxiety, and, and I, I'm not dis credit any of that. But some of us are walking in this anxiety about life because there's no peace because we don't obey what God has called us to. And God's saying, I want you to walk in the fullness of my peace, but in your disobedience, there's no peace. See, here's the problem. The American church does not buy this God chooses theology. They, They just don't. Uh, Let me clarify. I'm generalizing. I'm painting with a broad brush. I do that often. But the church does not buy into the fact that God chooses theology. Let me, let me show you. These are reasons that as I Googled and looked at why people leave the church. They leave the church because of the quality of preaching. We know that's not true here. It's so, so, the bar is so dang high. No one's leaving about that. Oh, God. It's so low. I can't believe you guys are still here. The music's too loud. I mean, that one blows my mind. I mean, except for my, my parents who are old and need earplugs. Other than that, sidebar real quick. Okay, in your prayers, keep Jim in your prayers. He fell down, broke his ankle, playing golf. Who breaks their ankle? Pray for him because 
that's kind of weird, and pray for him because he's in a lot of pain right now, but my dad is, you know, and it, it, so just sidebar. Um, music is too loud. People literally leave church because the music is too loud. People leave church because the pastors offended them. That's never happened. That has never. Oh, this is a good one. I like this. They talk too much about sin. We leave the church because the pastor's up there talking about my sin. I talk about my sin too. Not feeling welcome from the church and any of their lay leaders. The style of service, how they do service. You know, there's not enough smoke machines here. We can't, we got, I can't go to that church. Or there's too many smoke machines. I don't know. You can go either way with this in the spectrum. Got married or divorced. That one makes a little more sense. You know, I got married and, and I followed my spouse to their church that, that God called them to. Or I got divorced. Look, if, if God's called you and got divorced, uh, there's no place I'd rather you be than right in the middle of a family that loves you and standing with you and walking through whatever you're walking through. Has a disagreement with other members. That's, that's just going to happen. <laughs> that is weekly. <laughs> People walk away from the church that they're attending for these reasons, and they go to the next church. And what I have found, the people that walk away from these, re these reasons go from this church to the next church to the next church till they feel comfortable, until someone offends them again, and then they go to the next church. And they wonder why there's no peace in their relationship with God, because they can't sit under what God might have for them, and they're going from church to church, and pastors scratch their head. And here's the beauty of it. Most people, a lot of people, I'm generalizing, leave these doors, and they could have been here for a year, two, or three years, and never tell the pastor they're gone. Anybody uncomfortable? <laughs> Think about that. I mean, I, I, we have staff and, and leaders have poured our lives into people, and they just disappear. And they wonder why they have no peace makes no sense. Let me give you an example of one that I love. Um, of this person who several years ago said, I'm offended at what I thought you said. <laughs> now, reality is this person said, I'm offended at what you said. But in the room, there were, happened to be about 15 other people in our small group that were able to say, no, that's not what you said. So th this, is, this is why it's important. It was on a very controversial topic, Arminianism and Calvinism. Okay, I mean, for 2,000 years, the church has been wrestling through this deep theological, just heavy boulder that, that just, just going. This is, if you don't know, let me give you a brief theological overview of Calvinism is this. God chooses and holds on. You don't choose him. God chose you, and there's no way you can go anywhere. He's just got you in the palm of his hand. You can't go anywhere. I'm, I'm I'm just brushing over this, okay? Arminianism says this, you can lose your salvation. And it looks like this. Calvinists include, Calvinism includes the belief that God's grace is irresistible. In other words, you had no choice. You can't resist it. While Arminius say that the individual can resist the grace of God. Irresistible grace argues that when God calls a person to salvation, that person will inevitably come to salvation. Resistible grace states that God calls all to salvation but that many people resist and reject this call. Two very, the, uh, 
I can show you scriptures on both in this Bible right here. Two heavy-weighted matters, okay? So, Calvinism, from I'll give you a couple of scriptures, Ephesians 1.5, have predestined us into adoption of children by Jesus Christ himself according to the good pleasure of his will. In other words, God adopted us according to his will. We had nothing to do with it. Romans 8.28, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestine to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many believers. God chose, you didn't have any bearing in it. Arminius view, I'm generalizing here because I got little time. The Arminius view says this in Matthew 7, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. In other words, an Arminius would say this. There are people who are doing this work of Jesus, and then at another point, they have fallen away, and when they stand before God, he's like, I didn't know you. Two, I mean, just two ends of the spectrum here. There are, there are splits in churches, and there's, there's arguments and hatred that comes out of these two different spectrums. It's crazy. Let me give you my... NPPC, Pacific Point Church, view on Calvinism and Arminianism. Yes. <laughs> that is our view. Yes. I'm going to explain this to you because it's, it's a little more complex than that. But yes, are you a Calvinist and Arminius? Yes. No, no, no. Are you an Arminius? Uh, well, am I a Calvinist? you got to ask too. Yes. See, because here's the truth. Many times God takes two parallel principles in this scripture, two parallel positions that run side by side. This side of heaven, we don't know where they intersect. We, they intersect somewhere in God's word. I don't know. But this side of heaven, we don't know. One position taken to the left is extreme. One position taken all the way to the right is extreme. I don't know who said that. So I always say that God takes two, these two and... and can't take them to the extreme. Now, what does this have to do with choosing church? So we're, we're in a, a, a small group. This is about 12 people, and great couple, wonderful couple, love this couple. And I talk about this very subject I, 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 on a sidebar, and I say the exact same thing that I'm telling you today. Was anybody there? You were there. Did I, what, I said what? I said yes. I said yes. And, and some people say, well, what is that? You've you got to be a Calvinist. No, no. I said, yes. And unfortunately, this, this couple walked away and thought that I said um, that I was an Arminius. I didn't, say, I, I didn't say that. I said, yes. So much so that they left the church, wouldn't talk to me, handed me a letter telling me why they left the church, and then just disappeared from my life. Uh, a dear John letter, yes. <laughs> I work alone. Thank you. <laughs> I had grieved my heart. Grie my wife and I, and, and many of you knew them. I'm, I, I'll leave them nameless, because that's not the point. But it, it grieved my heart, because... Because all they said was yes. So, so what is the church, what it should look like? Well, I know that I'm called to a church. Let me, let me 
Let me give you a little back. I've done this before, and, and I think regularly I try to do this so you have a... There, there are three categories when we look at the church. There's biblical mandates, there's house rules, and there's personal conviction. Each one of us walk in any of these three different categories. A biblical mandate is this. It is something in this church that evangelicals hold the, the, tight. It is a biblical mandate is something that when you put a, put a gun to my head and you say, deny, I die. I go, okay, just shoot me. Mandates are the boundaries that God says are mandatory items for his people. They are not negotiable. There's no negotiating in biblical mandates. The next one we slide to is house rules, which is, is held loosely in our hands. House rules are the, the values that make us Pacific Point Church who we are and who God has called us to. There are different house rules for every church in this area. Each church has its own set. That's what makes us unique. That's what makes church planning so important is that, that there are so many different people. There's so many different facets of God. With each preacher, there's a different picture of the church. It's a good thing. And the house rules are what differentiate us from 10,000 other churches that are out there. Personal conviction is something that we hold with an open hand. It is, they are the fruit of the Holy Spirit's work and direction in an individual's life. So let me show you what that looks like. Non-negotiables. Non-negotiable are the things that we'll die for. When the Trinity, virgin birth, deity of Christ, gospel, saved by grace, depravity, sin, holiness, discipleship, lordship. Those are things that if, if someone comes with a gun, they say, deny, and I go, you got to kill me. The second category is the house rules. This is who we are as a church at Pacific Point Church. If someone comes to me with a gun and says, hey, deny your worship style. No, I don't care about my worship style. <laughs> I change my mind real quick. Now, as a church, this is where we're staying. I'm not willing to die over it, but this is who God has called us to be. How he's called us to do worship, you saw it. How he's called us to do community. The preaching style. I believe in tithing. I don't think it was, it was abolished once in the New Testament. That's just that's what we believe here. Now, some of you may disagree. Let me show you some, some personal gifts. I believe that there are spiritual gifts. I believe there's prophetic words. I believe the Holy Spirit is the same today, yesterday, and forever, and still moving in the church and heals today. Complementarian versus egalitarian. You guys know the difference between that? A complementarian? Egalitarian believes that no women should do anything except cook, clean, and sit at our feet. That's not true. I added that part because I love it so much. It's not true, but it sounds so good, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> complementarian, which I think, yeah, I know. I, I'm so tough up here when she's not, yeah. Uh, uh, I believe we're more soft complementarian, which is this, that, that women lead at every level in our church except for um, as elders. That, not that they can't. It's just a conviction that I have, and the conviction is this. Because women are the ones who step up and pray, I want men and women to see men who are willing to lead something and, and inspire men to lead. Anyway, so that, that I'm going off on little tangents. But then there's personal convictions. Personal convictions are stuff that you hold, dating, drinking, movies. You may have personal convictions about spiritual gifts, worship, egalitarianism, cessationism, Calvinism, and Arminianism. So let me show you something here. We're talking about God calling us to a place. You can hold two convict or con conflicting views at once. You can hold and have a personal conviction that God asks you to submit to your church because God has called you to be a part of that body. Slow down. Let me let's think about it. You're called to be to a, a, a part of a body. 
But people often say to me, oh, I can't deal with this, this, this of your church. Okay, has God called you to be a part of this church? That's the issue, not whether you can deal with this, this, or this. Let me show what that looks like. Spiritual gifts. There are people that believe that spiritual gifts have died. They're ceased. They're not working today. But God may very well have called you a church that believes that gifts are, are, are for today. How do you hold two views? I have a personal conviction that gifts aren't for today, but I'm obeying because God told me to be here. See, there's many times that God rubs against what I personally believe. Egalitarian and complementarianism. Calvinism and Arminianism. You know what we believe here? Yes, lordship. See, the issue with Calvinism and Arminius is this. It's not once saved, always saved, all that. Okay, I get that. I, my mind cannot wrap around. The issue is this, lordship. See, because here's the deal. Calvinists say chosen by God. Arminius says you're going to lose your salvation. Well, if Jesus is lord of your life, neither of them matter. You're not going to lose your salvation if Jesus is lord of your life. And, and you're going to do what you're supposed to do as a good Calvinist if Jesus is Lord of your life. That's why my answer is yes. And some people just want, they want, you've you got to make a decision. I don't have to make a decision. <laughs> I'm trying to be a little bit wise. There are people that will hang their hat on that. And that's fine. You know what? Their house rules that we are, we are a, 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 that's what we believe on, on Calvinism. And that's fine. Okay. Or the opposite is fine, not who we are. Are you starting to get what I'm saying? There are things that God, I don't know what your, your, everybody's stance is on drinking. We have a lot of, of, of young men and women who are going through sober living and, and deal with it. As a church, we don't say you cannot drink. We say you can't get drunk. Don't let your brother stumble. Why is this, this is this group over here. I don't know, because I, I was just thinking about the other day when I had a glass of wine and you guys were over, so I'm wondering, jeez. <laughs> No, I'm not call, I'm calling myself out. I'm like, I'm waiting for you to go, hypocrite, you know. You made me stumble. I don't know. Uh, it, it's, it, <laughs> Coming from the guy who brought white claws to my house last night. Um, <laughs> not for you. That is true. That is true. <laughs> Each church has its own uniqueness in, in these house rules that we talk about. This is one of the keys. All non-negotiables, that's the deity of Christ, that's saved by grace through faith, that's all those things that we will not negotiate, supersede all house rules and all personal convictions. Every one of those things, dating, dress, drinking, communion, preaching, style, everything submits itself to what we call non-negotiables. Meaning there's nothing you can say that'll change that. Now the reality is this, there's some house rules that there's things that we've done as a church that have changed over time. You know, and, and that's fine. God changes. And, or God doesn't change. We change. He moves us. And some people have personal convictions that he, here's what happens usually. People in church, religious people, you know those people I'm talking about. Um, you know, the, 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 I was going to make a joke, but I won't. Sorry. Thank you. Uh, th those people that, that come and they try to put their personal convictions on you. You know those people? You can't watch that movie. You can't have that drink. You can't dress like that. You can't, you can't, uh, you know, they, got, they, they, they try to take their personal convictions and they go, let me give you an example. Since she's here, not here today, she's helping my dad. I can call her out. My mom has this personal conviction about movies. She will not go see a movie that's over PG. I don't even know if she'll go 13 anymore. PG. I mean, let's, which is what, two movies this year? So 
but for the longest time, she had put this big trip on my dad and us that we'd go see a shoot 'em up rated R, gun swinging, something cussing movie. And she goes, rah, rah, rah. she'd just get so upset with us. And I finally, and we had to sit there and go, Mom, that's your personal conviction. I don't have that conviction because there's nowhere in this Bible that says I can't go see a Quentin Tarantino movie. <laughs> unless, unless the Holy Spirit goes, don't go see it. You can't just pay, oh, I can go see what. No, 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 no. Now, uh, there's a difference between, you know, movies of nudity and sex and crazy. No, you just don't go to those things. But shoot them up kind of, I'm just like, you better go to the Holy Spirit and what he's saying. My point is this. You can't take your personal convictions and put them on others. You can walk in those with security, but you can't put them on others. It says this. But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. God puts the pieces together. God is, if he's calling you here, he's calling you to be a part of something bigger than yourself. If God is placing the body parts, he places them for purpose. See, what the church misses is this, that God chooses where he wants you to go, and then he says, now go run and do something. I've got something for you there. You're a piece of the puzzle that is needed at this church. So don't just sit there and come twice a month or whatever it is, but come and be what God has called you to be in that church and serve as God has called you to serve. That's the body functioning as God has called the body to function. Why is it so important? Why is it so important that, that, that we obey where God places us? Because the, when the body functions, there's peace, as we said. And if you're in the wrong place, I need you to seriously think about it and at least come to me and say, you know what, after that message you preached... I think God's calling me to this other place. And I have a patented letter that's in my, I haven't used it in a long time, in my emails that people used to send me. I don't feel like God has called me to be here anymore. Most people won't even do that. But the few people that did, they'll send me that email. My, my letter starts off, I don't care what you feel. I don't feel like being your pastor many times. <laughs> I've said that in the letter. <laughs> but you know what? God called me to pastor this place. And then I finished with this. If you can tell me that God's called you out of this church to another church, I'll stand you up here. We'll pray for you, bless you, and send you. But if you're telling me you just don't feel it anymore, I don't say it, but I think, shut up. Oh, I don't feel, Pastor. You offended me this week. I don't feel like this is the right place. I don't care. What God called you to be? Oh, Pastor, I, you know, I don't feel. I, I don't care. It's an obedience issue. Why? So the body functions. Why? Why is it so important? Others. It's not so I can have a crowd, obviously. <laughs> Especially at 10 o'clock. Gosh, you guys make me sweat it out every week at 10 o'clock. There's seven people in here. It's not because there's a big crowd. I, I, that's not what we're about. It's about others. And when the body of Christ functions because he places each piece in it, what happens is they reach others. Uh, Jerry, Jeremiah and Ryan, who aren't here today, they're at a, 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 their niece is being uh, baptized. So they're out there. They, they, they're called to walk with us in this church. And because he's called to walk with us in this church, he's ministering to all these surfers. And on Thursday night at my office, 
Last week, there was, what, 20 guys there? 20 young men, Josh is also called to be a part of this. But to walk in this church, 20 young men from 17 to 21 that are, are surfers, so you know what that group is, like herding cats, okay? It's just <laughs> a little crazy. You know, and they're in there talking about Jesus. Because this man and woman know that they're called to walk with us. Now, here's what's interesting. Their, their cousin is a pastor of a church in Irvine. Talk about awkward. But we've had the conversations like, I'm, I'm called to be here. And, and, and he'll go over and they'll go and listen and preach once in a while, which is great. But we're called to be here. And I thank God that they listen because there are young men that are being affected because of it. Uh, my daughter, uh, it's her birthday, but uh, her and Cam and, 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 and others run this young uh, uh, adults group on Monday nights. They don't have 20, but you got 13 or 15. That's still good. Can't let Jeremiah beat you. Um, they, they, these young adults that come together and worship God and wrestle through the Bible and, and you know, because they know they're called to be here. She, uh, we've had the conversation, hey, do you think you need to go to another church? You don't have to come to Dad's church because it's Dad's church. No, no, there's a calling that, 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 that we walk in, even though we're blood family. And I'd, I'd be ticked if she did leave. <laughs> Just to be honest. The church works. The church works when you walk in the calling that God has called you to. It functions. And there's peace. See, because at the end of the day, this, this being placed is all about the gospel. The gospel is the good news that there's hope for sinners, for me, for you, the worst of sinners, you <laughs> and me. The hope for forgiveness, reconciliation, and holiness. That's the gospel. The good news of Christ, death, burial, and resurrection. That's why God wants all the pieces together so that, that everybody that understands this would leave this place and the church is not this building, it's you and you'd walk out these doors and you'd bring hope to the hopeless, you'd bring light in the midst of darkness and things would change right where you go to work, where you go to school, where you spend your, your days. That's the gospel. See, the heart of God is this, and, and this is what I want. Not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. That, that's my prayer. Oh, God, give me, give me your heart that none should perish. When the body is functioning the way God has called the body to function, you know what happens? Others get changed by the power of the Holy Spirit that's flowing through you and flowing through me. When you get offended by one of my messages or music or one of the many people that are goofy in this church and you leave because of it, you're missing God's blessing. You're missing what God's doing. If you can come to me and say, and people have, Pastor, I think God's calling us over here. Oh, fantastic. Because big C, big church, there's only one. So we're only one team. But God has little C, little churches that are, are different. So if God moves one of you to another part of the church, I win. If you're disobedient, we lose. I want the heart of God to reach the lost. That's what I want for you. That's what I want for us. Gospel saturation. When the church functions as one body, hope goes forth. 
I'll finish with this, John 20, 21. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Notice what he says. Peace be. Peace goes along with being sent. That's why we're getting in this uncomfortable place and we're going to go. And we're going to represent Jesus. And we're going to tell your great story. And you're going to bring light. And watch what God might do. Watch what he might do. Let's Thanks for listening to the Pacific Point Podcast. If you would like to partner with Pacific Point Church and our church plants, you can download the Pacific Point Church app at the App Store or visit us at pacificpointchurch.com give. At that same site, you can also watch and listen to previous sermons, read follow-up blog posts and extended notes, and even connect with Pacific Point Church on social media. We hope you are encouraged today.